Welcome to This is for the CV, Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit. This is a podcast by Anthony and Rebecca, two professors in communication and political science, chatting about politics, pop culture, and the things in between. This week marks our one-year podcast anniversary. We reflect on you, our guests, and the uniquely intense things that occurred over the past year. We also chat about what's going on with trials, shootings, and vaccines. Thank you for spending some of your time with us. This project has been a meaningful outlet for us and way to stay connected. Hello, Anthony. Hello, Rebecca. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. You know what tomorrow is. Tomorrow is tomorrow's April Fool's. Tomorrow's the homie Rich 12's birthday in Detroit. That that (laughs) fact I did not know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I've ever spoken the name Rich 12. And if you knew if you knew Rich 12, you would be like, yeah, April Fool's for your birthday. That's pretty apt. Got it. Got it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, What I was thinking is that exactly April 1st last year, we published our first episode of the podcast. Nice. One year. One podcast anniversary. Yeah. yeah, so what? This like I looked at the list. 38 ep- this is the 38th episode, I think. Let's see. That's not bad. That's some content. Yeah, this will be the 38th episode. We did that. We did do that. And y'all listen to that. So we appreciate that even more than us talking for <laughs> at sure. each other. <laughs> for those of you who hang with us, we appreciate that for sure. Yeah, that's cool. And to our guests, we had seven different guests over the course of the year i believe that's right yeah um all sorts of different folks with different expertises but all with passion and cool stories to tell and doing good work and important things to say and important critiques to consider so thank you to them that's been fantastic absolutely you'll probably be hearing from them at some point again and some new folks in the coming Mm -hmm. in the coming times yes when Clarence's documentary drops. I I'd like to feature oh, for that sure. for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. That'd be that'll be great. Yeah, I was in Fort Worth yesterday and like was driving in thinking about that documentary and and whatnot. Yeah, so that'd yeah. Be cool. No, I I had no idea about the the history there, so it it kind of blew my mind, and I did a deep dive afterward. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, Rebecca, you have to grade. Stop it. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, like, I got into it. He's got. So I I wonder, I just wonder what's going to make the film because Mm. he has so much footage. I mean, hours and hours of footage. That would be for me, the hardest thing to possibly do is just where do you even start? How do you draw the narrative? How do you storyboard that? Mm -hmm. And like getting good at that piece of it would must be a huge learning curve. And then you're attached to it all because you put in all that (laughs) time and sweat and tears. Right. And, you know, all those folks came and sat down and told their stories. So you want to feature them that, yeah, that must be really tough. Mm -hmm. People do it every day. I don't know. I'd be really bad at it. (laughs) I'd be like, here is my 18 hour film. Please enjoy. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's basically what happened with um, DC Comics, right? They're like, go ahead and make your four hour film. (laughs) Oh, are we talking about that Snyder version? Yeah. Did you watch it yet? (laughs) Uh, we started it. Oh, well, I think I think everybody has to break it up. If you're just gonna sit there, put on a diaper or something, and just get to it, right? Like, okay, it's like, all right, let's go. Yeah, I mean, we started it, and in fairness, you know, we're not like diehard fans of of any of the, of the that those films. So, but it's interesting, and it's clearly a very different tone. Um, it is so slow moving though. Mm. Like it's, it's beautiful and it's like visually very cool, but I'm like, yep, nope. This pan of this cave is really still going somehow. We only needed to see it for a moment to get that it's a cave. Right. So it's just, it shows that when there aren't restrictions that you don't edit stuff out mm. as much, I guess. Right. Like you keep it <laughs> four hours cause you can. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was interesting. What about, have you looked at it at all? I have not yet. I will. I have mm-hmm. not. 
Some of my <laughs> students, man, they was already talking about that Godzilla King Kong movie. I'm like, it came out today. Like, chill. No spoilers allowed. They probably have an HBO Max um, access. Yeah, I do too, but I wasn't up at midnight watching it. Like, it's no, a 1 a.m. This is a 1 p.m. class. They already have seen it, was talking about I'm like, man, oh, to be, <laughs> you know, 21. Right, to no start a movie at Oh, to be 21 <laughs> with an empty house. How nice is that? Is that not the reality with two kids, Anthony? I wouldn't trade it. I don't want to be 21 again. 21 no, is like, same. yo. I had plenty of time and no toilet paper, right? Like, we was, you know, stealing napkins <laughs> from Alberto's because, you know, like, yeah. yeah yes, the things you do to save money. Different constraints. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of ramen. <laughs> a lot of ramen. A lot of cereal. It's like, yeah, yeah. you want Kleenex? It's like, oh, you high society. If I see a paper towel in your house, you out of your mind? It's like, we're not, we're not spending that money on paper towels. Using that cheap one ply toilet paper that just kind of like falls apart in your hand. Sheesh. <laughs> Sheesh. Yeah. And yet somehow you, you find the means to go to a bar. Oh, yeah. No problem. Mm-hmm. Somehow. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, exactly. But I could tell you this. I wasn't ordering like an old fashioned back then. <laughs> I wasn't like what tastes good. <laughs> no. No. Uh, I wasn't like, oh, can I get a really hoppy IPA, please? <laughs> Man, I, can't, I think I might have been 30 before I had my first IPA. I think that might be true. It was a long time. I was like, Keystone Light. <laughs> oh, you was on that Keystone Light, the Natty Light, Coors Light, like all the lights. Okay. All of them. Yeah, I've had them all. all the lights. <laughs> it's not the cute. Keystone Light, the Natty but Light. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh, we digress quickly, but what else is new? <laughs> what else is new? Um, so in reflecting on the podcast for a year, I was thinking about all the major events that we had the opportunity to kind of just discuss and capture. And I'm just not sure there was a, a better year to do it. Oh, right. So, so yeah, what are some of the things? Let's try to name them all the major events of the past year. I mean, obviously, pandemic. We yeah. we started like right after the shutdown. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you heard there was there was an election. I remember something about that. <laughs> yeah, there was an election. There was all of the things that led up to the election, including the primaries, and yeah, oof. Then there was the post-election voter fraud claims that just yeah. sucked our soul dry for a while. <laughs> Um, and then there was a, an insurrection. Yeah. Yeah. That, that happened. And then things slowed down for a while and we got a new president and March 4th passed and nothing <laughs> happened. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but in between there, what this? Oh, the Texas storm. Yes. Happened. Yes. Yeah. That was obviously that wasn't meaningful for everyone in the country, but Shoot, for everyone in Texas, man. you were aware of what was happening. Yes. Yes. And I think the after effects are still being felt by millions of people in mm-hmm, the state. Mm-hmm. There is a group of folks in Austin whose apartment still doesn't have water. Mm. Still. And they finally, the apartment complex finally like figured out a way just to move them to a new residence. They like found different spots for them. Finally, huh? Which suggests that they probably had the ability to do so all along. Um, and now we've got vaccine rollout. Yes. From shutdown to vaccines. All in the same year. All in the same. Yeah. And amazing. And not what we thought was going to happen last no 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 definitely not you know this time last year i thought it was going to be better and worse like i thought it would last longer but i didn't think we would be hitting like oh a hundred thousand people dead oh five hundred thousand people dead i didn't ever think it was going to be that bad we have a colleague that was like oh it'll be four hundred thousand people who die and i internally rolled my eyes and was like yeah 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 you're so fatalistic and well, she undershot it. So yeah, both better and worse in those senses. Um, a, and you and I 
We actually got our vaccine on the same day. We did. Yes. First COVID shot. First dose. We got it. So our uh, the community college here ran a clinic. And so all faculty and staff and um, yeah. student workers, anyone could come in and get it. And that was great. Yep. Reduced uh, a lot of built up tension in a lot of homes and households. And they ran it so smooth. Like, I can't tell it you was how smooth that clinic ran. It was amazing. I got there and five yes. minutes later had yes. my shot liberally yes. estimating and then you go and you wait for 15 minutes to make sure you don't have allergic reaction and i, I mean like i was out of there in yep. 20 total yep i checked in great. they gave me an orange card i walked around a corner i handed somebody mm -hmm. a card i walked in there was nobody in line i walked up to the person and they sent me to a booth and that was it yep I told him, I was like, this is amazing. Y'all are doing an amazing job. And they seemed a little frazzled. And they're like, oh, do you think so? We had to kind of scramble. I was like, well, from this end, I don't see a scramble. I, it looks perfect. You guys are doing perfect. Yeah. So super grateful for that. That was Ascension Providence that partnered with uh, the community college. And their next clinic, which might have already happened, they've partnered with Mission Waco to get all of their uh, – clients and staff vaccinated. So the goal there is to really um, make sure more vulnerable folks and especially people who aren't housed have access to the vaccine. And so they're kind of using Mission Waco's um, reach to, to different areas in the community to bring mm. people in and to like help them make, make them feel a little bit safer about the Good. process. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. So kudos to them for thinking about that. I think that's strategic and I appreciate those types of things. Oh, so yeah, I mean, just the moment it happened, I felt really emotional and I didn't expect to. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel hope. <laughs> I'm going to get out of this room, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like when when the vaccine started coming out and you, you see people getting them, you know people who are getting them, and I'm thinking, all right, well, mm -hmm. and I was saying like, okay, even if I got one right now, it's not going to change a whole lot in my day-to-day -day because my kids are still here, whatever. I hope Lizette gets it. She's out in the world. But the second you get a chance to get it, you get it. And even though my life mm -hmm. ain't much changed, it, it, it has in the sense that I'm a little more liberal, especially being around because my family's been vaccinated. Like my brother got his second shot last week. My mom nice. got her second shot. So it's like, oh, yeah, we can hang because mm -hmm. it's a good Absolutely. possibility everybody's cool over here. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, being able to see family, that's the big change for sure. And being able to see other people that have been vaccinated. My dad's birthday was on the 25th and he got his second dose. So two weeks after that, we will definitely be seeing mm -hmm. each other. So looking forward to that because I haven't seen my parents at all through any of yeah, this. See, I still can't believe that that's been your situation when they're like right up the freeway. Like that's like, oh, I know they're an hour and 20 minutes ugh. away from me. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel good, but I have definitely respected the fact that they have taken it seriously. Mm. Um, and yeah, it, it would be my worst nightmare if I gave them COVID and something happened, right? Like that is, oh, and you sent me that, um, that image not too long ago. Oh, yeah. I, I, I won't be able to quote it well, but um, maybe I'll look it up and I'll use it as the quote at the end. But um, just about we and it captures it well, like we have no idea what we avoided through our actions. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, like we, we don't know who we saved or who we helped or what terrible thing we avoided by staying mm -hmm. inside when we were able to. Not everybody was able to, like we've talked about, you know, at a painstaking level of detail, but um, the fact that I don't have to go throughout my life with some like huge weight of guilt because I got somebody in my family sick or somebody I care about sick, like that in and of itself is worth any level of sacrifice for yeah. me. Like, like, whew, cause some people are living with some really heavy stuff. And so I'm like, yeah, we can't know, but just the lack of that weight is wonderful. I'm proud of our COVID coverage. I stand behind every yeah, yeah. thing I said on COVID. I stand behind it. Yeah. We good for hard. you. You've been and you've been consistent in your actions and your about words. None of that. Like we covered COVID. It, we did. Yeah. I stand behind yeah. it. We started out first episode talking about how like Waco wasn't acting like there was a shutdown order 
and it wasn't a pandemic and that never really yeah, changed yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. it didn't really change um we did but 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 waco wore masks the vast majority of people when there was a state order mm-hmm. wore masks and that was not true of other places like lubbock for example like there was a state order people just didn't wear masks mm. uh we drove through um oklahoma to get to arkansas when you know ben and i went and stayed in just an airbnb so we could move from one house to the other nobody wore masks in Oklahoma. So I was like, you know what? I will not use the restroom. I'm not getting out here. And so I was like, this is not the way I go down. And so we, I was like, I'll make it. And he was like, are you sure? I'm like, you'll find out. Let's just keep going. I saw, I saw a trucker's truck on the freeway yesterday. You know what I'm talking about. I see a trucker's truck and you know, it's from Oklahoma and across the back window, it just has this, lions not sheep and i'm like i bet you thought about that i bet you really i bet you really (laughs) gave a lot of consideration to the way you were gonna flaunt how little you care about public Mm -hmm. health and safety like i'm like i I, i'm not Mm -hmm. i'm i'm not gonna say but i'm saying it i'm a lion and not a sheep and i'm like sheep aren't even in a lion's diet all right, like right. sheep, <laughs> uh, like, huh. Huh. it's really bad. It's really bad. If if a human had to have the responsibility of a lion in like the wild, mm-hmm. <laughs> a male lion at that, it's like, you better start watching how that actually works out. Because if you're not the most dominant lion, you don't get to eat. <laughs> I think there was a little experiment about that called Survivor, <laughs> and we saw that things don't always work out so hot for people who show up being like, I am a lion. Like, okay, lion's not <laughs> sheep. All right, I got you. All right, man. That's what you're choosing to put out. Oklahoma. Into the Understood. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, it's, hey, no shade if you're from there. It's not a state I want to live in. No, nah, I'm good. Now I'm all set. All Wind set. Windstar's in Oklahoma, right? Or is it on the border? I, think I can't so. remember. It's it, it might be right in Oklahoma, like right inside of it. I've never been, but I like I, the facility looked very nice. I was on my way to Kansas and I mm-hmm. saw it. And I was like, I'd, I'd visit there at some point. Broken Bow is a nice area. There's like wineries and breweries and, you know, some mountain drives. It's pretty like good cabins out there. So there's there's pretty spots for sure. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> You know, that's right. You don't do a lot of mountaining. (laughs) I don't mountain. (laughs) Hey, which episode do you think was listened to the most? Other than the first one. The first one's always listened to most. But other than after that. After that. Mm -hmm. What do I think? Okay, so I think. uh, I think crap job pod might have been up there. Which whichever one where we talk about the Joker. Um. Oh, and uh, the danger is inside the house. Okay. By far, what's a little comorbidity between friends? <laughs> I have to suspect it's because of your excellent title <laughs> that you came up with. To be clear, that was not me he titling said, that. By far. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the one. And the average runtime is 54 minutes. So, like, everybody. Well, they, they listen to that. They listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's where we talked about the death penalty. Like we laid out our case against the death penalty, comorbidity, reopening Texas, and talked about Brian Stevenson. Mm, okay, well, that's a good one. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. I was like, all right. I mean, hey. That that that, that if if that's what that show's about, that's what our that's what our friendship is about. Like th- th- those conversations happen on the regular. We go yeah. for days on all those subjects. Yeah. We're like, this is why it's wrong. Ah! <laughs> and another thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, cool. People don't mind when we like wax on about criminal justice reform. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I text you that Curtis Flowers got married. You did. You did. I love it. Really warmed my heart. I was like, thank goodness. I hope he's so happy. It breaks my heart that his mom wasn't there to see that moment. I hope she can see it in heaven because, man. You know what's interesting about Mm. him? 
beyond his case or his story. Like he was resigned to the fact that they might kill him. I know. Like he was like, yeah, I know it might go this way and that's all right. You know, he was still like, you know, very devout, heavy into the faith. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. I've been wrongfully convicted. I know I didn't do this. I know they feel like they have to. I'm at peace with it. I'm like, oh my God, like Curtis Flowers. They didn't break his spirit, Mm -mm. you know? That's what's amazing. Like mentally, he somehow, like that was his way to control the situation was, I know that I didn't do this. I know I didn't. Wow. But I'm so thrilled that that's finally, finally, what was it, 18 years (laughs) on death row? Man. He's out. He's married. District Attorney Evans. Mm. I tell you, I ain't nobody's judge. But District Attorney Evans, huh, you're going to have to defend yourself to a higher power than man if you believe in that kind of thing. And I do for what you did, because that's just one case. All that tells me about you, Doug Evans, is that that's how you get down, period. That's how vindictive you are in general. And the only reason we know about that case is because the state Supreme Court kept overturning the conviction because of egregious Mm -hmm. errors in the Mm -hmm. case and so how many other things did they did they miss or were there's so many technicalities on being able to get an appeal or get a new trial anyways so rare that you get it and he they tried him eight times yes well and i guess speaking of trials this have you been following the Derek chivin trial this week at all to the extent that I know, like, what's going mm-hmm. on and, and, and what they're covering, yes. But I'm not watching not it wa- live. live yeah, neither am I. Anything like that. Because they're showing, like, you know, I haven't watched the I haven't watched it. The video. I mm-hmm. haven't watched the whole thing. I won't. I don't need to see it. It's unnecessary trauma, I think. Like, why do that to yourself? And I'm like, man, it's on, it's on loop. Like, you. Uh, yeah. And like, just listen to like the witnesses, the people who was there. A nine-year-old girl yesterday testified. Yeah. And it's like one dude, because like, you know, you're seeing stuff that you didn't even know about, or maybe I didn't even hear about it in the coverage. Mm -hmm. It's like, there was a witness that called the police on the police. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, why'd you do that? He's like, yeah, because I thought I was seeing a crime. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this isn't his in the future self this is not in real time i'm calling the police on the oh well there was four police there why didn't you ask them he's like yeah that wasn't an option right (laughs) and he he cried when they played his phone call like you could see i mean it was traumatizing for him he he watched a man be murdered in front of him and he cared and he tried to stop it and he wasn't able to the dispatcher called above the chain and was like i don't care if i'm a snitch something's wrong here Mm-hmm. Um, in the midst of it because she thought the screen had froze because she was like, he's still right. on his neck. The, the screen must have it must be frozen because there's no reason for that. He's in handcuffs. I know that the prosecution gets to go first and then the defense side will go, but like, man, is it compelling. And I mean, to me, it's like beyond, of course, my mind's made up and there's all sorts of stuff about public opinion trials, but this case means so much to a lot of people. And so that's what I'm anxious about is the outcome matters deeply for the family, but the outcome matters deeply for many people in this country. And it doesn't fix anything. It doesn't make systemic racism and injustice go away, but it can just pour salt in a wound if the the verdict isn't guilty. I don't know. Do you have any uh, like feelings wrapped up in it, in the outcome? I mean, he ain't never going to serve as a police officer no more. His name is synonymous with this level of brutality and criminality. Brazen abuse of power. Yeah. He got to live inside the box he made for himself. Whether that's in a prison cell or on these streets. You know, so, and he old enough to know in a way that Kyle Rittenhouse ain't that his life is over. Like Kyle Ritten, Kyle Rittenhouse or Rittenhouse, whatever his name is, yeah. his life, he walking around, his life is over. He don't even know it. Mm. He too dumb and young to know that he's synonymous with brutality 
and a symbol for what you know the privileges around hegemony are like he don't even realize that he's so dumb that he's like making supremacy signs in bars on bail but Derek Chauvin knows his life is over Mm -hmm. you can tell when you get glimpses of him in the courtroom he knows in your ill-fitted suit you're with your baldness you've been left by your wife your lawyers don't even like you you know your life is over, even if you do go free. Much the same with George Zimmerman. Your life is over. You, you're inside of a jail, whether you're in jail or not. Mm. Do I want him to go? Sure, for the symbol of it. But you're in a prison in your own mind now because your life is over. And as soon as anybody sees or hears, the, oh, that's him? Man, you on that OJ tip now. That, that's who you are. Right, right. You're branded by it mm, for the symbol of it. Yeah, I think it is very symbolic. And whether it should be or not, it is because it sparked an entire movement over the summer or the the resurgence of one. It's like of all the, of all the things you could stand for and be and symbolize as a human. If you're going to be, you know, have any level of notoriety, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, that's the name that carries on for your generations. That's what your family name has become. That's what people that might share your 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 last name that have nothing to do with you are going to have to carry because of you. Yeah. Obviously, the city sees gross negligence and criminal activity and all sorts of stuff because on the civil side of the case, they paid a $27 million settlement to the family. Mm-hmm. That was the settlement. So They got off light because he going to get found guilty and then the number would have been 60 million, you know, whatever. I mean, it is a huge amount, huge number. And yet if they were willing to pay it, you know, yeah, I, I I completely follow your logic. You wonder why these cities don't calculate all the brutality settlements, all the, all the civil, like when they're thinking about like policy Mm -hmm. or, you know, how come that, how come those numbers aren't included in the equation? That's the angle we would always push back in my criminal justice policy advocacy days around privatizing prisons. It's like you think it's cheaper on the front end, but then you get sued and you're held liable because what happens in those prisons, you're still held accountable for because they sue that private company and they sue you. They name you both and you end up having to pay all this money. So we'd always do that, run those numbers and show them because saying like, humans suffer more or this is bad or this drives incarceration or like those those messages didn't really resonate for a lot in texas so it's like you got to do a numbers game but budget cycles are short-sighted the humanity of it ain't never gonna carry the day it's always gonna come down to dollars and cents Mm -hmm. um have you had any conversations or like have your students been bringing up the wave of just Asian hate crimes at all? No. Uh-uh. I know it's a hard pivot, but I was popcorn thinking. I was just curious if that, if those conversations were in your classrooms or not. We don't have a lot of Asian American students at Texas Tech Waco. So I wasn't, I was not sure if those conversations would kind of naturally come up. Mm-mm. We talked about uh, gun violence. We talked, we talked about the fake trope of calling things random gun violence and how a word like random or senseless violence, we talked about how like those rhetorical constructions reify the idea that we're all safe and that there's just a couple crazy people out there. Uh. But it's like, ain't none of this random, ain't none of this senseless. Like we're all at a simmer. Everybody in America, we're all simmering. And anybody, because we're this consumer nation, you're not, Rebecca, those headphones you got on ain't good enough. Your glasses need to be upgraded. You need to move. Your car needs, you know, like that's what we get told every day about everything we do. You don't measure up. You need something new. You got to, you can't settle. This is, and <laughs> that's just what it is. And people are under pressure. And now we got guns and drugs. And disrespect and angst. And so, oh, oh, I can't believe why somebody did. It's like, man, I can't believe it don't happen more often. That was kind of the one thing we had less of 
when everybody was in lockdown, we had fewer uh, mass shootings. Yeah, you, you, we had fewer mass shootings, but did you know, like, regular shootings were way up? Mm-hmm. It's like, man, people was, like, at their level and all these guns. Well, and what's the number one uh, cause of death by a gun? What? It's suicide. Oh, right. So I haven't looked at the data, but I have to suspect that those went up over the last year. I would assume so. Yeah, which is. Dang, that's number one? Number one. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's um, it's a very, it's hard to get it wrong in a way that you survive, whereas other mm. attempts you survive, and then you're like, wait, I don't want it, I don't want that, you know, it's like a shake up, but um, usually, you don't live through that, so it tends to be, the number one mechanism, both for gun violence, but also um, in in like the way people attempt. Mm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, Anthony, I'm sorry. I'm like, hey, it's our one year anniversary. Can I ask you about the trial? Can we talk about? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's pull. Let's pull out of the heaviest possible topics, and um, ref- let's reflect more on what we've accomplished, which is cool. Do you have things that you you feel like you've learned in general? from this experience or major takeaways? Uh, major takeaways. I'm trying to think what mine would be. I learned that for a capitalist, you don't like capitalism, but, but you don't want government to be in charge of everything. And I used to think we were like really different on that perspective, but you have like, a very strong critique of capitalism, but you're like, but I don't think the answer is then the federal government comes and runs everything. Um, And I understand that position a lot more than I I think I did when we started things. I, yeah, I think if. uh... Correct me if I, if I framed that in a way that doesn't reflect what you think. No, it, it, it is. I, I don't, I don't think. I think humans are the issue with capitalism. Mm. Capitalism is a system that rewards uh, whatever can fulfill and justify itself. As human beings, we got to figure out why do we treat each other in such a way to where it, 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 it leads to these things. It's us that are operating within that system so maniacally so cutthroat so well for me to win you have to lose we operate that way Mm -hmm. and since we do we get what we get and so you know in a free society it's hard to 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 figure out yeah you can't legislate morality Mm -mm. you can only legislate actions so yeah so it it makes it a very challenging problem to overcome and I, I understand like disagreeing on what the answer is, but it seems like we've got a lot more agreement around the pro- what the problem is than I probably thought we originally had. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think when we first thought of the show, it was gonna be like this, okay, somebody's on one side and somebody's on another side, and this is what Argue. It is. And the only time we ever did that was the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> The most like inconsequential thing, right? A film out there somewhere and fight. Um, and even then I was like, yeah, I was just letting the outside context of everything filter the lens in which I saw it through. So, and that was weird. And when I watched it again, it was fine, you know? So that wasn't even like, oh. Man, I didn't tell you this. I'll say it here. I was talking to Icus, uh, Kyle Icus, I forget, maybe a couple weeks ago. And he was like, Anthony, you forget. I listened to your podcast. So you're he's like, you're he's like, no, you're a liberal now. You're just mad uh. about it. That's what he said. He's like, you're a liberal. I'm like, no, I'm not. And he was like, no, no, you're not conservative. You're you're a liberal now. You're just upset about it. I'm like, no, I reject that hypothesis. Yeah, it doesn't sound like you're upset about it. That's definitely not what I'm hearing in your voice. Um, hello, Dr. Ikes. Thank you for listening and thank you for being correct in your assessment of Anthony. <laughs> Uh, no, nah, that can't be. 
I mean, what I say to my students all the time is we're not served by a two-party you know, system, obviously. We know, we know why we have it. We understand the reason for it. We can study all those things. But of course, nobody fits well into Republican or Democrat. That's why we have all these factions within our factions. Just because you're not a Republican doesn't mean that you're AOC. Right. Whereas I'm like, I, I get you, AOC. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> let's, do, let's do this. Um, but at the same time, I also understand why her message works really well for her district, but other people it doesn't resonate with because it's asking for such big change in one go, which I'm all for. I'm like, we've tried incrementalism is crap, but it's it's the only way to get things done in the system that we have because it's like intended for gridlock. So, you know, I I can at least take a step back and see why some of those policies aren't going to work when you have 51 votes in the Senate. What bothers me about where we are now these days is that it's like, okay, I don't agree with her on some things, Mm -hmm. but I recognize her talent. Right. She's skillful. I really like her in hearings, Mm -hmm. but it's like, oh, it's a... You know, on the conservative side of things, it's like, no, you can't say anything nice about her ever. Mm -hmm. No, she's not competent. No, she's everything that's wrong with America. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, she's not. Right. No, she's not. She represents ideas that maybe you don't agree with, but a lot of people do. And that's why there's a a liberal caucus within a progressive caucus within the Democratic Party, right? Because it it represents a portion, not a majority of portion, but a significant enough portion that those ideas resonate. I mean, they certainly do with me, um, but I, yeah, but the, the demonization has been expected, but it's lazy. Lazy. That's it's, a great word for yeah, it. Yeah. It's just like, okay, whatever. Um, when, when people uh, bring her up in like a fearful context, I remind them how many legislators there are in the House of Representatives and that you should never be concerned about one member of the House of Representatives because it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. like they can say whatever they want like even with marjorie taylor green like am i glad that she's not on committees because she's done some bananas things i mean honestly yes but what does she have the power to do by herself absolutely nothing mm-hmm. and people aren't being moved by her she's not like being successful and getting people on her side and on her causes she's not filing legislation that's going to move or do anything so mm-hmm. like i'm like look at that context like in, in, in simmer a little bit. Preach. Mm, anyways, you're right. Yeah, we, we were like, and then we'll take on this issue. And then we'll take on this issue. And I think the only things that we ever even debate about are like healthcare and the idea of capitalism. <laughs> I mean, one day we will, but things have just been, well, we read the list out. <laughs> like yeah. one thing to the next. It's like, hey, do you like insurrection? Nah, what about you? No, I'm also against it. Hey, are, are you into baseless uh, voter fraud claims that confuse and um, incite insurrection in the American people? No? Oh, yeah, no, same. Same. I'm also not super into that. So it's just there's not mm-hmm. been a, a lot of lines to draw between those positions where we can jump to the other sides of it. No, we're, 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 20, we're 20 years away from a, from a representative debate about ideas. The, these idiots... They don't give a damn. They, they've already seeded the argument on any type of logical legislative basis. Now we're talking about Dr. Seuss. Uh, we're talking about culture stuff. We're talking about, you know, things that you need to be afraid of. And we're, ta- and we're trying to stop people a, from A voting. Nike sneaker. I don't want you to vote. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I can't persuade you. I know I can't. My ideas are bad. So I'm going to make it to where you can't vote. Right. That's my new argument. Mm-hmm. And now in some of these states, even if you do vote, we going to mess with the elections committee to where we can uncertify stuff that we don't like. That we don't like at the state level. Mm-hmm. That's the part that ain't getting enough attention. I they agree. over here acting like, oh, yeah, we'll just we'll just undo all that because we don't like what you guys did. We think there's fraud over there. What? That's actually been one of my big concerns. Christina, who was on our show, and I were talking about this. And 
we were sharing a concern around the fact that what's getting all the attention is the fact that you could be criminally penalized for giving out water or pizza to people in a voting line. That is absurd. That's, that's dumb, but that's dumb. That's not the story. That's not the story. That's does it. That's not the thing that can legitimately insert voter fraud into a process, but like do so in a legal fashion. So that does concern me. And Texas has some similar bills that are moving through the process. And on the House side in our Texas legislature, the chair is someone who picked up his suitcase and went and helped try some cases on behalf of Donald Trump. Mm. These voter fraud cases. And he's the chair of our elections committee, our voting and elections committee. Like, oh, cool. Of course he is. Of course. Cool, 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 cool. I think we might see some similar stuff here. And I hope that the smaller amount of physical presence at the Capitol it do- doesn't result in like really extreme policies, but so far it has. Hmm. I expected it to be kind of a boring, bland, a session where we absolutely have to do redistricting and there's lots of argument around that and man once a snowstorm happened that's the thing that goes to number one and we have a lot of bipartisan outrage and therefore support for some answers and those would be like the big ticket items and then there'll be a couple of things you know along the way maybe some criminal justice reform in a very small way here and there like little things Um, And then the budget, right? Like the budget is going to be a huge one because we have a huge shortfall of funds and they have to pass a two-year budget. Um, So I was like, that, that'll be session. That that's, that's the ball game, but we're passing heartbeat bills. And we're saying in that bill, it says anybody in Texas has standing to sue an abortion clinic if they suspect something might be wrong. And I'm like, I don't think you get to make up what standing is. That's not Mm. how that works. Like they're not receiving federal or state funds. So just like really strange, pretty extreme things around tort reform. Like they're going hard for some stuff around voting, abortion, and tort reform, at least from what I've seen. This is what I have come to know about America and Americans. The best way to motivate somebody to do something is to tell them they can't do something. So right now, all these folks is out here going really hard to tell people they can't. But we don't want young people to vote, so we're going to make it harder to vote. Well, guess what you just told those young people? You told me, hey, we don't want you to do something, so they're going to come do it. Meanwhile, before that, people like you and me are like, hello, young person, please vote. It's like super important. Let me explain. (laughs) Do you know what city council does for you? Right? Like, I'm Leslie Noping in class, and they're like, yeah, she's not cool. We're not going to vote. But the moment someone tells you you can't, yeah, you get pissed off about it. You're like, well, how dare you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got us out here in these lines? Oh, you're going to make it? You're going to close up? Make it? Okay, fine. I'll stay out here in these lines. Mm-hmm. Despite you. And it suggests that it's so important that you would try to get me to go home by making this line long. It's mm-hmm. so important that mm-hmm. you would move all the polling stations out of colleges which has happened here and we've talked about, you know, and on and on and on. And so I agree. I think that it's going to be fuel. And what's wild is Democrats were like, huh, will we have this same ability to turn out votes without Trump on the other side? Exactly. A lot of people were showing up just outrage voting against him, Mm -hmm. which same. So Mm -hmm. I get it. And now it's like, they're they're pouring fuel on like the coals there the, like with a little simmer left i'm like what are you doing no this is what i'm saying rebecca it's going to be 20 years out because the thing that had to happen that had to happen after he lost was for the republican party and the conservatives within it to look at itself and be like okay we made a mistake this wasn't right this isn't what we want to be about mm. we have to shun him get away from him, and redo this. Instead, they lean wholeheartedly into it, so much so that now you're on the side of a Capitol riot. Yeah. And and reasonable people are never going to be on, the, on board with that. Not enough to win no national election. Not, right. hell, not even enough to win Georgia. Right. You got boat rate in two Senate seats. You know, no, I'm glad I'm I'm happy for my child. I'm super happy about that child income tax credit. That's that's what's up. Thanks. Mm, Appreciate yeah. that. I hope that continues. And when people start getting that money in their pocket, they're gonna want it to continue too. Right. 
these policies are popular. Oh, for sure. Infrastructure week's going to be popular. There's going to be some people that's like, oh, th- these are jobs for me. Mm-hmm. I need a job. Right? Yep. I want to do stuff. I want to build some stuff. Let's get out. I don't care if I got to build an oil rig or a wind turbine. I just want to build something. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone's not going to be like, oh, I'm sorry. This uh, decently paying job that allows me right. to feed my family. No, I'm actually a- against uh, wind no. or oil. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. Exactly. Yep. Yep. I hear you. And as that shit comes on down the pike, people going to be looking around like, hey, Things are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it moving. Why change now? Mm-hmm. Well, and that's why you've got the focus on random stuff again, like Dr. Seuss. They don't have any more arguments. Because, it's, yeah, it's like, okay, how do we fuel outrage when Dr. Seuss? And it's like, it's cancel culture. Actually, it was like the his family and that company that decided to just pull three books and they're all like reading from books like Green Eggs and Ham. I'm like, no, no, that, that one's still there. That one's on the shelf. That one's on the shelf. It was literally just three that they were like, you know what? These are in poor taste. Let's pull these three. Let's let's evolve with our times for, you know, what what a concept. Um, so it can't be cancel culture if there's been no cancellation and no one's harmed. And all the people screaming about cancel culture are doing things from nationally syndicated public correct airwaves like they all have huge (laughs) microphones screaming about being silenced Silenced. every time the irony is never lost on me nonsense it's just i i love it i i it cracks me up it's like always someone that's like five million people are you know (laughs) tuning in that night to listen to them and be like my voice is being silenced they're trying to shut me up i'm like dude calm down (laughs) but hey it works for the ratings. Do you remember, uh, oh, what's his name? I just lost it. The guy used to cry all the time on Fox News. You know I stopped watching Fox after they had the burgers with the lettuce on top of the <laughs> meat or below, the cheese below the meat. When Paul Manafort's apartment was getting raided, they were talking about that. where to put the cheese on the burgers. <laughs> That's when I stopped watching Fox News. So it's been it's been a while. I don't know who was crying. Who are the people? Glenn Beck? Glenn Beck. Blue Glenn Beck. Oh, Thank Glenn you. Beck. It's All Glenn right. Beck. Glenn Beck. Okay. God bless. I just, I could, could see his face and I lost it. For a moment, after his show ended, he was like, whoa, I am part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Commentators are part of the problem. Like, mm-hmm. we're doing all this stuff. We're stirring up outrage. We're, like, hyper-focusing in on things to make money. And he went on, like, kind of an apology tour. People, like him and Chelsea Handler sat down and had like meaningful conversation. And now he's back to his old stuff because he wants that money again. <laughs> Stirring up that pot makes money. And so he's like, okay, ne- never mind. For- forget about that. I'm back. Because <laughs> uh, he-, he was on that like, you know, cancel Dr. Seuss stuff. I'm like, oh, guys, calm down. Back to our reflection, if I may. Uh, mm. do, you ha- do you have, if, if something comes to mind, obviously you don't have to know the name of the episode. We don't have to know our content that well. Um, but do you have a favorite episode or something that stands out as like the, the most fun to talk about? Hmm. I really liked, uh, I really like to remind you of my love that was a fun that one i did name but technically you (laughs) named it because it was your quote it was like the last thing i heard when i was editing and i was like well that's the title so i really enjoy that (laughs) yeah that was a good one (laughs) um i think i really like doing the political ads that was fun oh yeah that was fun yeah just listening to those and analyzing them like that's stuff that i would do on my phone when I couldn't sleep at midnight anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> might as well do it for a podcast <laughs> and yeah. take a do a hot take on them. So that was cool. I also just like talking to our guests. Of course, I like talking to people that I already knew, like Christina and Fernie and um, TJ, but it was cool to learn from all the folks that you brought on that I hadn't talked to before. That was that was cool. Oh, yeah, I could I, in no way could I pick one of our like i'm so thankful yeah that no, they're willing sure. to spend time mm-hmm. like that the guests are another planet in terms of great content like mm-hmm. i could never choose between any of them Mm-mm. no no i know it was it's just been cool and i mean we're no uh 
news organization. We don't exactly have like training in, well, you're a communications professor, but you're not like a news anchor. So right, yeah, nah. we don't like sit down and think about like, what's the best way to, you know, evolve uh, an interview. And it's just a testament to our guests that they provided such interesting and stimulating conversation. Because <laughs> I particularly, even though I'm like, I have a degree in social work, and you're not supposed to like, double up questions or stack them, right? Like ask one question at a time. I'll be like, do you think da 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 and then da 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 and what about this? Like all in one go and they're like, what? <laughs> so, yep, I do the same thing. Or I'm like, <laughs> uh, so how do you think we should solve poverty in 30 seconds or less, right? Like I'll just go uh, like so intense and they're like, I don't know. <laughs> Good God, <laughs> yeah. And what's also wild is no matter who we've asked to be on. They've all said yes. They've nobody has told us no. Nope. We're so, you say we had seven guests. We're seven for seven. So, let me make sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Eight. We've had eight, eight. guests. So eight guests. Eight. Eight for eight. Eight for eight. Thank you, all eight of you. Absolutely. So we we gotta just keep making big asks because. <laughs> for real, and now it's like, hey, you know, we got we've had guests. You can see, you know. I think if you give anybody enough lead time. Yeah. Because that's the thing. Will. I don't think we ever, we're f- super flexible. Hey, exactly. You come, yeah. Whenever you can come, we'll make we're it We're not work. like, hey, could you make something work in an hour? No. And yeah. and like, do you say no to interviews? I don't know if I've ever been asked to be on a podcast. I've never been asked to be on nobody's podcast. I've been asked to be on one. And I've said yes. And actually, I was thinking today that we should ask my friend Artigire, he has a podcast and he teaches in, uh, at UTEP in El Paso. We should ask him to come on because he does some really cool stuff and around sports communication. And so y'all could talk sports yes, com stuff all day. And yes, I could just please. sit back and be lost, but I would love to facilitate that conversation between the two of you. Yes, please. Rebecca, what is the quote of the week? All right. It's not the most poetic but it's the thing you sent me back on march 20th when we didn't think we were going to get vaccines till at least may and it reads i don't know who needs to hear this but your choice to give up the last 11 or so months of your regular life being careful and socially distancing could very well be the reason somebody else is alive today and it will always have been worth it Mm -hmm. this has been this is for the cv thanks for listening mom this is for the CV is a Larson and Lestrat production. Editing done by Rebecca Larson. Music performed by Issa Black. Thanks, man. <laughs>